Hello and welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. I am your host, Samira Ali, and you are in the right place for inspirational stories that have A to Z of passion, determination, and grit. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. I am your host, Samira Ali, and you are in the right place for inspirational stories that have A to Z of passion, determination, and grit. Welcome. Hello and welcome to Somali Professional Podcast. I'm your host, Samira Ali, and this is the podcast where we share inspirational Somali stories from across the world, back home and across the world. And today I'm super excited because we have a special guest with us, Fatima Ibrahim. Who is a hello Fatima? (laughs) And Fatima has got an excellent story to tell and share with you all. Fatima is the CEO Action Fellow for Racial Equity at PWC and she is based in San Jose, California. So, Fatima, please go ahead and tell us all about yourself. Please tell (laughs) us about yourself, Fatima. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Samira. Um, Hi, yes, my name is. Fatima Ibrahim, or you can also say Fatima Ibrahim. Um, I'm a daughter, a sister, a cousin, and a friend. Um, I live in San Jose, California. Uh, and I guess I don't really have to explain where San Jose is now with the tech boom. Um, I think everyone knows where Silicon Valley or the Bay Area is. But for those who don't know, it's about an hour south of San Francisco. So I work for PwC, as you mentioned, and I started my career as a financial statement auditor and um, pretty much grew up in San Jose since we moved to the U.S. in the early 90s with my family. Um, I did all of my studies here in in San Jose all the way from uh, elementary school through university. I did my undergraduate degree in business administration with a concentration in accounting from San Jose State. Uh, And after completing my undergrad, um, I went on to work for PwC, like I said, as an auditor. And I've been there for the last about six years, which is kind of a long time for people these days. But absolutely it is. (laughs) (laughs) Within those six years, uh, I've had a few different roles. Um, So started an audit and made my way to human capital recruiting HR and then now the CEO Action Fellowship. Excellent. No, that sounds amazing. So in six years, you've been very busy mm-hmm. working your way to different roles. And that must have been that's something that a lot of people don't do. And I absolutely applaud you for having that drive to basically try out different roles out until, like you said, you found the one that you actually think, oh, um, like this is for me. Or do you think do you think you'll stop at human capital and or do you think you'll continue on? Um, so I'm actually currently doing a part-time graduate degree in organization development at the University of San Francisco. Um, and I didn't even know what organization development or OD was, but what it is, is kind of the intersection of business, psychology, and sociology and human behavior. So, um, I really wanted to find a position or find something where I can match my 
interest and my learnings in business with my love for people. So I think as long as I can do something that is the intersection of those two, um, I will enjoy the role. Oh, absolutely. And it's fantastic that you're also doing that. Like you said, you're part-time masters. Is that correct? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's commitment as well on top of a full-time role. So amazing. <laughs> well done you, mashallah. And um, so Fatima, would you like to tell us about how you, obviously, so you graduated and as soon as you mm-hmm. graduated, you um, landed your job at PwC or was there like, did you land it straight away? Were you applying for jobs for a while before you got it? How did you yeah. get into PwC? Yeah, it's actually a really interesting story. So in my high school, um, we had this uh, Academy of Business Administration. So different high schools would have various programs to teach you about like business or tourism, or um, I think some people did ROTC, which is kind of like um, Air Force training in a way. So I, growing up, I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I had the opportunity to do this business program and I was like, sure, <laughs> I'll do it. And through this program, we learned about like accounting and they brought in different volunteers from um, the community to talk about their jobs. And these two women came and they worked at PwC and they talked about like business and building rapport and working in a professional environment. Um, and one day they took us on a field trip to the PwC office. And I was just so impressed. Like I had never really been to a big office before. Um, and, you know, everyone was wearing their suits and just looked, I was just very, very impressed. And I told myself like, one day I'm going to work at PwC. <laughs> Even though I had no idea what they did, I kind of knew that they did accounting, but I just told myself one day I'm going to work at PwC. So when I graduated high school and started university um, and started my business classes, I started hearing about PwC and I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Uh, So whenever I would see them on campus, I would go and talk to them and say like, oh, hey, I've met these people previously from PwC. It was just a familiar name. So I was gravitating towards towards them. Um, And I got an internship with them in my second year of college, actually. Uh, It was an internship for diverse students to introduce them to the business world. Um, And we just kind of worked at PwC for a summer. We, um, I worked in marketing actually. So they allowed us to work in internal roles. So uh, marketing, HR, recruiting and things like that. So just to kind of get to know the insides of a corporate company. So I actually interned three times with them. So my second year, my third year and my last year with them. And that's how I got the full-time role. That is amazing. That's such a lovely story. So basically, from when you were in high school, they would come to your school. And Mm -hmm. by you basically visiting the office, you were like, you were very impressed. And as Mm -hmm. the years went on, you actually, like you said, I really, really enjoyed that story, actually. And it's nice. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you interned for them three summers in a row. Mm-hmm. it means that they got to know you they got to know you and then so when you apply that full-time you obviously get preference compared to somebody that they've never met correct yeah exactly 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 and that's really good and they obviously must have been impressed with your work ethics and stuff and that's the time to actually show your true authentic self definitely and that's one of the reasons why I'm still at PwC is because I've really been able to be my authentic self you know Mm -hmm. um, I'm Somali I'm Muslim I wear hijab visibly right so it's really important for me to be somewhere where I don't have to 
act a certain way or be something that I'm not. And that has not been my experience at all at PwC. I feel like I've really been able to bring my full self to work and that's why it's super enjoyable. No, that's beautiful. And I, and I love the fact that you've mentioned bringing your whole self to work. I absolutely agree. You should go to where you're not to- just tolerated, but where you're mm-hmm. also appreciated. Mm-hmm. And we should all be able to bring our whole self to work and stuff like that because we're all unique and different in our own way and we bring lots of um, our own qualities and, and a good employer, a good company will recognize that and basically embrace it for their people. So I'm really, really pleased to hear that you've had such a positive experience. And um, with that was going to bring us to our next question is so obviously from the time you started obviously uh, you, you already touched on this a little bit but you said you could bring your work to yourself and you've obviously it's been um been appreciated at work but has your journey been um straight smooth straight ahead has there been any challenges in in your <laughs> career being a black muslim female um obviously because sometimes obviously like for example us in london here obviously we are a minority and obviously in america obviously mm-hmm. you guys are still a minority as well but mm-hmm. um when you work in a new environment and sometimes when people don't know about you obviously you got to have conversations isn't there yeah so just wondering have you ever had any challenges being uh, a black muslim female or yeah. has it been just smooth and from the beginning yeah so only speaking from that perspective alhamdulillah like praise Allah that I haven't really had any overt challenges like that specifically mm-hmm. because I'm Muslim or black and I think a lot of it could be due to where I live um, you know San Jose is a fairly diverse um, place um, uh-huh. and people I would say are quote more liberal so although there might be some covert experiences I've never had any overt experiences um, of like discrimination or anything like that and also I will say that personally I don't really pay attention I don't know if it's a coping mechanism you know but Mm -hmm. you know some people will say oh I was walking down the street and someone looked at me this way like I don't pay attention to like what other people you know what I mean like absolutely absolutely you're not gonna you're not gonna be concerned about it over over, it's gonna you're not gonna let it over concern you unless somebody came and attacked you for example but if they looked at you in a certain way you'll just move on basically exactly yeah I just kind of look straight ahead I'm like whatever I'm here to do what I need to do and that's what I'm gonna do No, absolutely. I, I I see what you're coming from, and someone like you said, I think it's a coping me- mechanism. <laughs> um, For sure. The only reason I say that is, is is because I felt the same in the past as well. Where like you know when you work in somewhere or like you know like I haven't had like any obvious like you said you know there's direct racism and there's mm-hmm. indirect racism. Yeah. And obviously I haven't had any direct, but obviously in terms of indirect you do see it. But like you said, you cope because you just think actually you know I just need to focus. And mm-hmm. the only time like. It, it, it is a coping mechanism absolutely that's the word <laughs> yeah you, yeah you no. focus and you try to overcome and look at the big picture exactly uh, no i microaggressions definitely exist right um mm-hmm. but alhamdulillah overall the people that i've had to work you know had the opportunity to work with and even my clients um i think they've always seen me for who i am and i think it's the way that i present myself as well of just I'm all on the table. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I'm the same at work. I'm the same at home and I'm the same wherever I go. And it's kind of like what you see is what you get. And yeah. 
Absolutely. No, that's good. That's really good. That's the way to be. Exactly. Be yourself completely mm-hmm. and utterly. And um, so basically, when, when you started your career, um, obviously, you know, some days obviously are very tough. Some mm-hmm. days are full on at work and stuff like that. And some days you just feel like, oh, I can't be bothered with this at all. Do you, mm-hmm. Obviously, we can all have like a job that we love us. But sometimes, obviously, you have dips, don't you? Absolutely. Everybody has a bit of dips. So how do you stay motivated? Hmm. Well, I think, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. Okay. Um, I think I am really curious. I am <laughs> um, interested in what's going on. Like, whenever, um, again, like with, with jobs, for example, not saying that I, I was bored of my job and move on, but I always um, find ways to, to make things work for me. I guess you can say, like, if there's something in my current job that I'm missing or that I'm curious about or want more opportunities, then I'll ask for that. You know what I mean? So for example, in my HR role, it can, it could be redundant at times, you know, looking um, at data or, you know, doing repetitive tasks, but I always try and look for, hey, what is an extra thing that I can take on or, um, what is something that I can help my manager with, for example. So just by being curious, I feel like I'm able to kind of stay motivated and stay um, engaged in the work that I'm doing. Absolutely. No, that makes complete sense. Thank you for that. And in terms of growing up and obviously um, when you, while you were growing up, who would you say has been your biggest role model? Mm. I think this is the case for a lot of us Somali girls, our mom, Hoyo. Absolutely, Hoyo, yes, yes. Hoyo's number one. Um, So, yeah, Hoyo, man, Hoyo's a superwoman. Um, She had me when when she was 21. You know, I was born during Qihi. I was born, you know, kind of during the Civil War. Yes, and not the best times, yes. Not the best times at all. Um, so we moved to the U.S. when I was two years old. And I mean, both of my parents, right? Um, yes. They were both very young, uh, had to learn a new language, had to learn the way of life here. Um, yes. And my parents actually split up when I was about 12 years old. So from that time on, you know, observing Hoyo as a single mom and just being strong for yes. her kids and for us and knowing I think what makes me super resourceful is seeing that she knew what she could do for us and what she couldn't do for us. For example, um, like she knew she couldn't necessarily help us with our homework or um, college applications or, you know, things that she didn't Mm -hmm. experience experience herself. So she would outsource them. You know, she would put us in tutoring um, after school programs. Um, You know, she had to get me like a SAT uh, tutor, which is um, the, the exam you need to take to be accepted into college. Um, so she's just super resourceful and very like driven and motivated. And she'll always sit down yes. and be like, okay, what are your goals for the next, like uh-huh. whatever, or like, what are our goals as our family? Or like, what are our goals together, you know? And just observing that has been super motivational for me and I would say she's actually a source of motivation for me too um Uh and the pressure of being the oldest uh, immigrant child you know what I mean yes as as an eldest child I completely feel your sympathy (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's just that pressure of like hey 
you're, we came here for a better life. We came here to um, provide you with opportunities that we didn't have. And, you know, the pressure is both good and bad. Um, but just looking at it from the positive side of like, you know, our parents sacrificed a lot to come here in order to provide us with a better life and, and like making sure we fulfill on that dream of theirs, right? Right, no, right, spot on. Honestly, I complete everything that you just said, Fatima, hit the spot. It's like it, it resonates as an elder child myself. It, it, the pressure, like you said, is good and bad. And I think it could be a whole episode about <laughs> pressures oh, yeah. of being a firstborn, you know, being the first of your family to go to university, to mm-hmm. like to land a corporate job, you name it and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but like you said, the fact with motherhood, mashallah, like with, with your mom, same as with, like, with many other moms, is the way way that they sacrifice day in Mm -hmm. day out and I love the way that you said that they have been even though they can't help you with your homework or your reading or your writing is the fact that they're very resourceful they'll Mm -hmm. spend every penny they have Mm -hmm. for you to get that tutoring yeah and uh, and that's something like honestly it's like how how do you ever repay that somebody who believes in you somebody who's day in day out trying to lift you up so you can get the life that they never had exactly it's beautiful, absolutely. You know, thank you for that, for sharing with us that story. And uh, what I wanted to check with you is, so basically, you said well, you've been at PwC for six years, mm-hmm. and in those for six years, you've had four different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what were those four different roles? And if you can just touch up on each one a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so I start. I started an audit, right? So uh-huh. um, financial statement audit, going to clients, uh, reviewing their financial statements. I did that for about two and a half years, and um, I realized maybe that wasn't the best job for me. Yes. <laughs> um, so just kind of realizing, hey, I am better suited in a role where um, I can like my relationships was really strong. Like my favorite part of being an audit was we got to go work with a client, right? And it's kind of scary in that, you know, you're a new associate and you have to go and talk to the controller or the CFO or like the chief accounting officer. But my favorite part of my job would just be talking to them. Sure, we would, you know, talk about what we needed to in terms of work, but we would spend most of the time just getting to know each other um, and chatting it up. Um, And so I was like, man, I would love to do something where I can really leverage my strengths in relationships um, and people. Uh, And thankfully, we had a rotational program in recruiting. So whenever it was the busy season for recruiting, they would bring on uh, someone for three months just to help them get through that peak season. Uh, And through that three-month rotation, I had just the best time going back to my university, um, meeting students, you know, giving them career advice. Um, helping them with interviewing with us and ultimately landing an internship or a full-time job with us at PwC. Uh, and through that rotation, um, I got a full-time role and did that for about two years. And I didn't want to leave recruiting. I had an amazing team, uh, some amazing friends that I worked with, but I kind of wanted more. It's like, you know, okay, great. I got the people side, but I'm kind of missing the business side. Um, so what can I do with that? And, and again, that, this is kind of where my curiosity comes in, right? Just asking a lot of questions. And I was like, okay, well, I guess HR is people and then also business because it's 
um, you know, there is the procedural side of HR. So that is then I um, moved to an HR role, which I was doing for the last two years. Um, and through HR, I was like, okay, I like this. This is good. I have the business. I have the people. Um, but I'm noticing with HR, like the procedures and the processes are already created. Like I want to be impacting the processes of like how we do, how we um, help people or how we, um, any like HR process or more from like a business perspective, how we create these things or transform these things. I want to be doing more of that, more high level, excuse me. So I got curious again. I started talking to HR professionals that I know like, hey, um, how did you get into HR? What do you enjoy about HR? Um, how did you gain your experience? Do I need a certification? Do you suggest that I go back and do a master's program? So in asking and those questions to people that I knew within HR, I learned about organization development. And before that, again, I had no idea what OD was. It's a whole um, industry of like consultants and all of that, that again, I had no idea. So that's how I learned about the USF program in OD, did some research, um, you know, graduate programs are not cheap, <laughs> did a little prayer, um, made dua, and, you know, finally made the decision to go back to school and study OD. Um, and so that was kind of my way of building more skills. And my hope was to, you know, go into OD by either being an OD consultant. Once I finished my program, I finished May 2021. So I'm only halfway through now. So it's kind of just, you know, making plans of what I wanted to do once I got the degree. Uh, and then, um, you know, recent events in the United States happened, the murder of George Floyd, rest his soul. Um, and rest his our soul, firm, yes. Yeah, our firm um, made more commitments to really do better around equity um, and inclusion and actually going past just quote diversity and inclusion and really talking about racial injustice and what we can do as a company um, to combat that. And so that's kind of where I am now in working for the CEO Action for Racial Equity Fellowship. Oh, that was fantastic. Thank you, Fatima. So absolutely, you took us through from the beginning <laughs> to exactly where you're at now. And it was very detailed. And I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate the process. And the fact that, like you said, one thing that obviously, while you were telling your story that I noted down here, is the fact that time and time again, you mentioned curiosity. And mm. curiosity is very important in life. If you're curious about something, is uh, like you said, follow it up and see how it is. And it's good obviously by you being curious you just weren't curious and keeping it to yourself but you asked questions and you talked to people and I'm sure when you were making all these conversations you you, you had um, you must have found some allies people that basically mm -hmm. can advocate for you and say to you or like oh, have you had like maybe while you were at work do you have any mentors absolutely <laughs> definitely um and, you know, I told the story very linear, but trust me, there were ups and downs, there were frustrations, there were times of like, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know, what am I doing, you know? So it, it definitely was not a linear process, but mentors, yes, um, mentors have been kind of how I've 
gotten through everything because again not mm-hmm. coming from a family you know that works in corporate america yes. and all of that i had to very much lean on the people you know at work or at school like the the main professor at my program in my high school was a great mentor um there's a partner i'll shout him out usman kaba uh he uh is a senegalese at the time i think he was the manager or senior manager when i first met him but now he's a partner at pwc and i'm so proud of him and you know he has really helped me frame a lot of things um and just kind of helping me push through there have best definitely been a lot of like cry sessions in his office <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, As you um, can imagine, you, you, when you work in a, in a job, and that goes to any job, there will be ups and downs. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's what people need to understand. It's never a smooth ride, is it? Ever. Never, never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really leaning in on mentors to just give you guidance, um, someone that you can trust. And it doesn't have to be a formal, formal mentor either, right? Informal mentors, I think, are the ones that I've had you know, the best um, and more most fruitful relationships. Um, so just someone that you can lean on when you don't really know where to go or you need advice in terms of, hey, this is the program that I'm trying to do. I need a letter of recommendation or, you know, I just need to share um, some ideas or bounce some ideas off of you. They're very, very helpful. No, absolutely. And people, especially like when you go to somebody who's see, I mean, a mentor, it could be even somebody who's the same level as you, who's just basically wise as well. Uh, But obviously, if you can find a mentor who's at a different department, who's maybe like a level or two higher than where you're at in the hierarchy, that helps because that's somebody who's obviously might have been at the company longer than you, has Mm -hmm. a bit more knowledge. And like you said, it's just to bounce ideas of even something like, hey, I'm thinking of doing X and Y and Z. What what do you think and stuff like that? like you said, like a letter of recommendation to do mm-hmm. um, so-and-so. Can you able, are you able to help me? Exactly. Yeah, I will actually say my biggest mentor is probably my best friend. And uh-huh. we're the same age. We don't work in the same field at all. But, you know, just having a trusted advisor and a mentor can, like you said, can come in any form, shape or size or age or profession. Sorry, I think you're muted. <laughs> Sorry, Fatima. <laughs> that was a bit of a mute button. But yes, well, I, I, well, uh, that was fantastic. The fact that you said that your best friend is your mentor. You've also had your colleague who was part of your, um, who was also with you as well. And he helped you throughout, like you said, just to bounce ideas of you and somebody who just advocates for you as well to say, mm-hmm. I know your quality of work, blah, blah, blah. So it's really, really good to hear that. Thank you. I really enjoyed hearing that. And to anybody who's listening, it's important that you have a mentor. Like we said, it doesn't have to be an official mentor. It could Mm -hmm. be just somebody that you get on really well at work. Somebody, it doesn't have to be somebody at the same department as you, but somebody who's actually there to support you especially when you want to have a, a good laugh with them or uh, have a, or cry a good session. cry yeah exactly a good cry and a good cry is very important yes <laughs> sometimes you just need to cry it out and then you let it all out to. right uh, you, yes. you, you have to you have to because you know days in business it's not always going to be 
um, sunshine. Nope. <laughs> and you, you get all kind of days and stuff like that. So no, thank you for being very honest and um, telling us about that, Fatima. So regarding, so continuing with the advice and stuff like that, what would you say is the best advice you were given? It could be by your mentor or anybody in life. What do you think were the best advice you were given? Mm, I would say trust yourself. Um, yes. I think a lot of times we look to others. So as much as we are advocating for mentors and others, but always come back to yourself first. Trusting in your gut, trusting um, in in kind of what you, ultimately you know what you need to do, right? But we go to other people for opinions and, and all of yes. that. But ultimately come back to yourself and know that you you can get yourself through. Absolutely. And I think that's a lovely, beautiful advice. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what would you say would be the worst advice somebody gave you? Because we all have a lot of worst advice, right? <laughs> yes. Um, not all advice is equal. <laughs> no, not at all. I would say uh, when people say, just put your head down and work really hard. You know, <laughs> I, I absolutely think hard work is important. But if yeah. you spend so much time with your head down, the whole world is going to pass you by, right? Like, yes. So, yes, hard work is important. But also, you know, taking the time to take a break and look around is really important, too. Absolutely. I think I think you nailed it and stuff like that. Exactly. That and, and a lot of people will tell you when you first start a job or whatever, they'll say to you, Don't socialise too much, don't talk to mm-hmm. too much people or whatever, yeah. Don't let people get to know you. Like it's mm-hmm. almost like a taboo to show who your authentic self is, that you're supposed to be this person who just works, 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 goes home mm-hmm. and then just says hi and bye to your colleague and it's like, that's not how you get ahead of life, is it? Absolutely not. <laughs> that that's not Oh, you get ahead because you, you people need to have conversations they need to know you i mean you don't have to go to the pubs and bars with them i don't i'm not saying that but yes. it's important that you have build relationships right exactly. that's what it is it comes down to building relationships mm-hmm. at work so no fantastic thank you for that and would you say um talking back at your early careers if you go back like i don't know six years back or so um just when you were starting it what mm-hmm. would you say is early early career mistake mm. have you had any early career mistakes definitely there were plenty um but one that i can point to is assuming that i had it all figured out right uh-huh. so you know spent five years studying accounting i created this identity for myself okay i'm gonna work at pwc i'm gonna you know, put my head down and work hard and become partner. And, you know, I created this full identity. Yeah, this image of like who I was going to be. And Uh then when that didn't pan out, like it was almost devastating, you know, it was really hard to, um, to kind of let go of that image and then go forward. Because if you have, like by having that image, I was like, okay, this is the only way right you know people talk about like a five-year plan and a 10-year plan and i'm all about planning but honestly you have to you have to be uh flexible because you just don't know where life is gonna take you (laughs) i agree with you you don't know where life and you can't stuck just get stuck with that one image like you said Mm -hmm. We, we can plan and plan but life and 
Allah God. has different plans for you, <laughs> exactly. right? And like you said, you, you, and also it could be that maybe what you wanted six years ago is not something that you want now anymore as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you grow. And if you just have the same goals and stuff like that, I mean, for six years, your goals need to change and adapt, mm-hmm. just like you said it. And that's what you've mm-hmm. done. You've adapted and you've changed. And like you said, you sometimes you'll deal with disappointments when mm-hmm. you get when you don't get exactly that image that you hoped for. But like you say, you sometimes have to move around and find another avenue. Yep, exactly. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, definitely early career mistakes. We've all we all have them. <laughs> for sure. And yes. Uh, and what would you say if you were looking back then now? Uh, mm. What would you say? to your younger self if you can look back or to somebody who's younger now who's starting their whole Mm -hmm. journey and stuff what advice would you give them yeah I would say that you don't have to have it all figured out because you don't and you won't right uh you will develop you will grow you will change the world will change you know um jobs have changed so much in the last six years so just be patient I like that. Absolutely. Be patient. Be mm-hmm. patient. Patience is a big word there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything will come in its own time, right? Exactly. And that's Thank advice you. to myself right now, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right now, too. Exactly. It's, it's advice that I still tell myself now where I, I've got on my across my um, wall at the office. It says, life is not a race. Take mm-hmm. your time. Progress can be slow. Exactly, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and what would you say is one of your favorite quotes, if you were to have a favorite quote? Or maybe yeah. you might have two favorite quotes that you think, I, oh, right. Yes, I actually have two for you. Um, and I don't know if it's my favorite quote, but I have a picture of it right in front of me. Um, and the second one, I think, very much complements it. So the quote is by Eleanor Roosevelt. And it Uh says, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. That is beautiful. The future belongs to those who believe Believe in in the beauty of their dreams. That's that's wonderful. And then the second quote, which is a great follow up, um, was from the professor in my high school in the business um, program that I told you about, Mr. Mm -hmm. Dan Dan Pasolacqua. He would always say, a goal without action is merely a dream. Correct. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is true. You you, you got to write stuff down as well. <laughs> exactly. So it's important yeah. to believe in your dreams, but also it, it takes action, right? To, to ultimately exactly. Because we can all dream and say, oh, I just really want tomorrow. I want a car, but the car is not going to fall out of the <laughs> sky. sky. <Yeah. laughs> you got to work to get that car that you want, like you exactly. said. And uh, um, no, I, I think those are two wonderful quotes. I absolutely love both of them. And what I wanted to find out as well is, obviously, for somebody like you, you've gone, like you said, you've gone through the transition of changing a role. Obviously, your company has been fantastic. You've been given, obviously, those opportunities. But you weren't just given those opportunities. You've mm-hmm. asked for them, correct? Absolutely. For each one, you've asked for them. So what would you say to somebody who's currently might be listening and wants to do a career transition, but they actually scared of making that move? I don't know, like what words Mm -hmm. of advice would you give them perhaps? Yeah, I think the theme of this um, episode is curiosity. (laughs) Right. Yes, it is. It is. First, I would start with just asking questions, right? If there is, for example, say, that you're in a current company or even looking at another company, right? Or another department. 
find someone that works in that department and just ask them questions like, hey, you know, I've heard about this or I'm interested about this. Like, could you tell me a little bit more? And through that, you start to build a connection, right? And then you build that connection and you express your interest. You know, you don't overtly have to say, hey, I want to um, transition right now or I want to do this right now. You could, right? But for those that maybe are a little shy like me in the beginning, just start with curiosity, asking questions, building relationships. Um, and those relationships can really come in handy because, you know, they'll let you know maybe a few weeks, months, or even a year later, oh, hey, by the way, there's a role available in this group, or, hey, I heard about this. Um, so just be curious and ask questions and network. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the way forward. Network. And like you said, you don't have to be straight away like, oh, I really want to do what you want to do. You can just like you said, work your way in and just ask them questions and be curious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I really like how you broke it down for the people that are shy. And obviously, sometimes it, it can happen as well. And it, could it be that also maybe if you're not feeling comfortable to say that you're wondering about their role, could you possibly say, um, oh, I'm really looking for my younger sister or my younger sibling. And I just wanted to ask you about X and Y and Z. I mean, whatever makes you feel comfortable, right? But I think being authentic is really important. And I don't think anyone would look down or, or kind of um, discourage. I mean, although there might be people, there will be people who discourage you. There will be. <laughs> there absolutely, will be there will be people. There, there's people. <laughs> yeah, there's those I'll... people that belong everywhere. Yes, yes, the ones that so, say to you, oh, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> yeah, but be steadfast, you know, be steadfast. And uh, there is that little worry of, oh, you know, my team might look at me badly or or something. But I would just be, calm, be steadfast in what you want. Just be curious and say, I'm curious. And you don't have to say why. Just say, mm -hmm. you know, hey, I see you're doing this job. I'm just curious. I'm, I want to know. And that's it. Exactly. No, I like that. It, be direct and, and firm. And like you said, maybe like just build a relationship with that person and find out. I just want to find out what it is that you're doing. No. And I think some companies as well, what they do is they do like knowledge, knowledge exchange sessions. But obviously mm -hmm. not every company does. So like, you know, I don't know, in the UK, we call it working in silos. I don't know mm. if that's a phrase that you use often in the US where every department kind of works on their own and there's a little bit of collaboration, but mm. uh, you, you don't know, for example, like what so and what that department does. But yeah. in a couple of organizations where I worked in, they've had the, the open plan office that you could like, uh, yeah. maybe like once a month, you have knowledge exchange sessions and you yes. can just walk up and find out what the other person exactly does. But like you said, you just have to ask questions. That's all it comes down to. You gotta be confident and ask for what you want, right? Exactly. And I mean, now being in a COVID world, I guess it could be good and bad that, you know, you might not necessarily be able to meet someone face to face, but hey, go on LinkedIn, like find them, message them, um, set up, you know, some time to talk virtually uh, and, and go from there. Actually, that, that's an excellent point that you've just made, Fatima. That's right, especially now that obviously, now that it's not virtual, everything's virtual now because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. For those people that work in the office who are obviously working from home, um, absolutely go on LinkedIn. And like you said, it doesn't even have to be somebody, if you're afraid of asking somebody in your company that mm -hmm. the, the news might go back to your team just because mm -hmm. you've asked a question, even yeah. though there's nothing wrong with you asking a question, I don't think it should be that kind of culture. But let's yeah. just say it happens that you work in this kind of, company culture where people 
people love to talk and I don't know, they make mm-hmm. it into something that is not. You could go on LinkedIn and find somebody who does the job that you want to do or the job yep. that you're thinking of doing that works at a different company and yep. just send them a message. And obviously, 50% they might respond, 50% might they, they might not respond. But mm-hmm. there's lots of other people who do the same job. So you've got basically the world at your feet with LinkedIn. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. No, thank you, Fatima. That was amazing. And literally, that was like, I think I could spend like all day talking to you. It's been fantastic. <laughs> and the, all you sharing your story with us. And um, I'm just going to remember every time I bo- think of your name, I'm going to think of Fatima, curiosity, the way forward or the power of curiosity. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I love that too. No, but I really want to say thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. And I hope I can have you soon again for another session where we can dive in more um, regarding some of the topics we touched on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Dear listeners, thank you for listening. That was Somali Professional Podcast with our guest Fatima Ibrahim. And we'll speak to you again next week where we will have a new episode. Thank you. Dear listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Somali Professional Podcast with your host, Samira Ali. Join us again next week for another wonderful, inspirational story. Dear listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Somali Professional Podcast with your host, Samira Ali. Join us again next week for another wonderful, inspirational story.